Hello, I am Trevor Cuba. In the memory of George Floyd, here is 8 minutes and 46 seconds of silence.
be safe. Hello and welcome to Court Games, the Lizard of the Five Rings podcast, paid for by the Lizard of the Five Rings community Discord Patreon. This podcast focuses on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. And this week, we have some special guests again. Hello! <laughs> That's great. Stealth intro. <laughs> Stealth intro. We have Katrina Strander and Max Brooke. And they are here to talk to us today about making your own school. So welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, yes, thank, thank you, you for much. having us on after I badgered you a whole bunch about uh, letting us on to do this. <laughs> oh, we're happy to have yep. you. So, it was badgering on many sides, I have to say, because I think a lot of people, ever since the Create the School the guidelines turned up in Pathway, it's a lot of people being like, we need more, we need more information. We're happy to have you. Definitely. Glad to be here. So what have you got for us? Try to explain this this craziness that is creating your own school. Yeah, so this is a, this is a funny one because uh, building a school is actually a fairly direct, albeit cleaned up, adaptation of a one-page document I wrote um, for the other developers about how to make a school. Because, um, you know, at a certain point, uh, while I was sort of, I have my hands in all the rules, uh, you know, other people were doing the primary, like, writing of the content and rules generation, and then I'd just sort of help them and guide them. So that was... Uh, people like uh, Sam Stewart and Tim Cox and Tim Huckleberry and Alexis Jacoma. And so they were all doing the majority of the, like, you know, generating new schools. And then I'd go in and make sure things were in the right place and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. but basically they did the bulk of the work. And so I needed to give them a, a document that would help them, you know, know how to put a school together. And there are some things you can kind of derive from the core book, but usually it's best practice to have some design documents. And since schools are a significant part of it, there's that. So there's this terrible one page document that no one will ever see outside of the company um, (laughs) that uh, is basically just I took a school. I like wrote a bunch of notes in the sidebars about like, you know, do this, do that, do the other thing, you know, include these things here. Here's a rule you can break. Here's a rule you shouldn't break. Um, and so when it came to Path of Waves, one of the things Alexis was interested in doing for this book, and I thought was a great idea, was doing building a school. Because, you know, you're Ronin, you're finding your own way in the world. Your character might be, you know, self-taught. They might have a completely unique tradition. You know, they might have learned from, you know, one mentor who, you know, learned a, a style that's very obscure. Um, they might have a job that doesn't really fit well into a school at all. Um and so it was something, you know, we thought was really important. And so, uh, you know, we took this document and translated it into uh, these guidelines. And uh, I say guidelines because these really are some of the softest rules we've published because they're an adaptation of, like, essentially a developer guidance document rather than, right. like, hard rules. So, mm. you know, at the end of the day, the GM's going to have to look at everything and prove everything if you want to build the most overpowered character in the game you know you'll do it through the create a school rules no question yeah 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 um uh and so it, the gm has to be pretty involved now if you stick to like the the generic options you're going to get something that's fairly balanced but you know i think we should be able to expand beyond those too and i i hope people do because i think you know the most fun part is coming up with your own school abilities and stuff like that um, okay. It's also the hardest part. Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the uh, balancing stuff and making making new rules that actually work 
and balance and aren't too much pain at the table way harder than a lot of people think. Well, we, we wouldn't have a job if it was easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we kind of have the outline in Path of Waves of how, you know, how you go about this. You know, you create some rings and, and we have a bunch of sample techniques. And uh, we had a couple questions come out uh, regarding those to start off. So, so do you want to give us a broader overview of it before we start on some of the specific questions we got? Or shall we assume everyone knows that? Um, I'll just give a quick overview, I guess. Um, okay. So it's a, it's a process with steps because I like processes with steps. So that's how I wrote it. Um, uh, and so we've got, you know, essentially nine steps for creating a school, um, although some of them are very short. Uh, step one is you determine the role. So that's, you know, whether it's an artisan or a bushi or a sage or what have you. And it has a brief overview of the roles. Um, and it's, I'm glad we were able to do that because we've had a few roles crop ups or one role crop up since the core book. So it's nice to have mm. a little chance to talk about like, what are, what is a sage? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, then you choose the, uh, affiliations and create a summary. So again, this is part of like, it's showing the design document like mm -hmm. through in this, you know, final version where like I had a note on the side that was like, this first paragraph needs to sell people on why they want to play this school. Like, why is this cool? What stands yeah, yeah. out about it? You know, like focus on the sort of action, the, you know, like the doing, you know, if you can get some history into there, great. But, um, but really, you know, that can come elsewhere. Your focus needs to be like, if I put this in front of a player, why do they think this is cool? Um, because they badgered me to make this club a school. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, um, and if, if uh, your players are asking you to make schools, you should make them write that part. Um, yeah, yeah, and 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 that is important because it's sort of the heart of the school. Um, so you know, you not you don't necessarily have to know exactly what's in there. And obviously, if you're making your own school, you don't have to like write up a detailed thing. But I think it's it's useful to do even if you're just going through the mechanical steps. Just write a couple mm. sentences of like, you know, this school is defined by this, and they have this sort of tradition, um, and it just gives you a little bit of an idea of the story that can come out through the curriculum and tech and abilities. It's also a really great opportunity to do some world building and actually think about what need in the world is this school serving, um, either to the player or to the faction that administrates, whether it's a dojo or if it's um, more like a tradition passed down. Like These techniques arose because of a need, and so if you kind of think about like what role these these people have in society i think that's like one way to kind mm. of think about it too and that'll also kind of like guide what kinds of skills and rings you would be using but of course that's a little bit more funky once you get into self-taught or yeah like really loosely cobbled together traditions um such as you might find for um really kind of backwater characters but that's that's another thing that i think is good to keep in mind is just the world building considerations surrounding the school my role is to look spectacular dual wielding whip swords <laughs> yeah. i actually think it works for the individual too though cat um mm. uh yeah I, so i hadn't thought about this angle at all embarrassingly and i love it um uh but i think that actually works quite well for the individual because even if it's just for an individual you can think about what role is it serving for that person um, oh yeah 
Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and, and what role, and then how does that person fit into or play against society? You know, because you have these Ronin characters, some of them might really sort of be these outsiders or outcasts. Um, how do they conflict with society? How do they fit into society? You know, so like, mm. yeah, and it's sort of, you can start to think about the character and their conflicts and their needs as this comes together. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I need to look fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so then you create the school ability. This is unquestionably mm. the hardest part. Um, yep. uh, and uh, basically school abilities, you want this to be, this de- This is the, the thing you get that makes your character different from the others. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it yeah. needs to be pretty appealing and really catch. Now, the two things to keep in mind, if you're sort of doing your own, if you're making one for yourself, make something you love. Um if you're making one, let's say you were doing a campaign and you wanted to create a set of schools for your characters because you were really overambitious like I tend to be. Um, uh, you, I would say uh, if you're sort of creating a stable of schools that you're just going to present to your, your players as like, here's some options you can choose from. Um, each one doesn't have to be everybody's favorite. It just needs yeah. to appeal to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot one, of the, one of my favorites is actually the, uh, the Yoga Wardmaster. Um, and... I think the Yoga Wardmaster is maybe one of the best schools that, like, it either appeals to you or it doesn't. Like, you either do not want to spend time, like, planning and preparing and creating these boards, or yeah. or, or that inspires in you a desire to, like, really dig into this character and start to do cool stuff with it and figure out how you can, what traps can I set? How can I prepare this? Can I, like, you know, put a ward on myself that's going to, you know, revive me when I get incapacitated? Can I, you know, like, do all these clever little things? Um, There's a lot of problem solving uh, to be had there. Yeah, I, and and also, I, I, one of the things that is good to have in a game system is a character class or a school or whatever that's really, really simple to play. Really simple. So mm-hmm. either someone is new and they're scared of everything and they just don't know what to do, so you hand them something with a small number of options which they can choose from, and they don't have to panic about all the million things they could do. Or they're just, you know, they're, they're just there to kind of beer and pretzels. And someone else can have the super schemey school that has all the different options and all the th- different things you can do, like the, the Wardmaster. And so exactly. you have a variety of play styles. Exactly. And, and to that end, too, sometimes simple abilities are really good. I mean, I, I'm very happy with where the Kakita school <laughs> ability ended up, and it's probably the simplest in the game. It you know, makes you better at critting. It's all about that precision. It rewards setting up your things and really, you know, like delivering that, you know, perfect final strike. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and it's mechanically one of the simplest. Um, I love that school. Um, is, so there was a list of school techniques that were options that were given, but it was hard for me to tell in the book whether that we should really try to stick to that list, because if you started adding every skill and things that it, it had the option for, that was very big, or if we could make our own, and if we made our own, what would we, you know, completely off the the list of options? Yeah, so you're definitely supposed to be able to make your own, um, and uh, you know, making your own that is hard. Um, yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, you know, when we make a new school ability, we we play test it, and that's an advantage. It's you're not going to have homebrewing a lot of the time. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a GM and player who are willing to work together, you can sort of use your game as play test. And if you're like, oh boy, we made something that was really overpowered, we should probably walk this back a little, or like <laughs> this isn't strong enough, we should step it up. That option's usually easier. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, so it's, so it is definitely harder. Um, and that's why we provided such an exhaustive list because we really yeah. wanted, you know, we wanted the system to be very usable. Um, but there's no, you know, when I was writing the design document, I mean, the only rule for school abilities is that they have to scale by rank. Uh, and they, that, I mean, that's it. Like everything else <laughs> is guidelines. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they should encourage a certain play style. They should make you, you know, like think about the character you want to play and the way you want to play them. But, um, you know, there's no like hard and fast rules for how to make and balance them because, you know, the way we do it is essentially experimentally, um, uh, rather than through some direct rubric. And I don't know how you'd write that rubric. If I did, I, uh, would, uh, definitely have, found a way to monetize that yeah, <laughs> yeah but, I, I i think it's very clear that, that these are examples and this is where you should start from and then if you want to go out off on your own then good luck i think some uh like a rule of thumb to keep in mind is like the bigger and more powerful the effect the more limitations ought to be on that effect so that it's not happening all the time whereas a more minor effect that's more consistently applicable um, can kind of feel similarly powered. At least like that's kind of one of the principles I keep in my mind when thinking about these skills or these, these school abilities. And that's absolutely right. And that's one of the levers you do have to pull. Uh, so thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Cause that's great. Um, uh, it, it is one of the, one of the major levers you have is just how often can you use it? Um mm. Uh, and so you'll notice some school abilities are once per scene, some are once per round, some are once per, uh, you know, session. It, it depends yeah. on how potent it is. So, yes. Uh, are there any that use a void point to activate? I can't remember if we have any like that. Um, I probably personally wouldn't do that for a school a school ability just yeah. purely because... It's it's the thing that makes your school your school. And it, it feels to me like you should be able to do that reasonably often and not have it gated by, oh, I don't have a, a void point right now. Um, <laughs> that, that, that would just be my immediate kind of guess. But I don't, I'm look, looking at the, this table, I don't see one. If, I think if I was going to explore that concept, the way I'd do it is probably not that it requires a void point to use, but rather that it's like a once per scene that you can reuse with a void point or something like mm. that. Yeah. Um, but it would have to be a school that I think I feel like it would almost have to be a school that like intrinsically cared about void points in some other way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you, so you sort of knew they were going to be focal because otherwise it would be this really weird swing factor of like, you know, is this, you know, yeah. It, things it, things have been going too well. I can't use my abilities. Yeah. So it would have to be a really like a specific thing. But I think it, you could probably do something where you had like a school that has an ability it can use once per scene and then it can spend a void point to use it again or something. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I bring it up is just I, I have like this vague recollection that in fourth edition or possibly earlier editions, obviously there were a greater variety of school abilities that didn't scale. Yeah. Um, you got a new one, you unlocked a new one at each rank, but I feel like a lot of them had void points involved. Mm. But that might just be my my fuzzy memory. I I could believe that for for those. Yeah, that's a little different in fourth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I think very often the the first thing you got wouldn't be like that. There very often be a set bonus or something like that that you always get. Anyway, that's an old edition which we're not 
We're not talking <laughs> We're about not developing yeah, no, that, for right now. That brings something up, which is like potentially one thing to avoid with your school abilities is like, it's not super interesting to just add a die all the time because mm. I think it's like kind of easy to go in that direction um, where it's just like add dice, you know, skill dice or ring dice when doing X. And I think there's definitely some like add a kept ring die set to blank results, but that's very different and is going to affect success less than just adding dice. Mm. Yeah, there's certainly quite a lot of existing school techniques that are add opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and part of the reason for that is part of the, uh, the what Kat is getting at, which is that it doesn't affect your success chances. So, you know, we don't have to worry about it completely, you know, overthrowing the basic numbers of the system. Um, uh, but it just gives you more fuel for a certain type of ability. But obviously those are going to appeal a lot more to some people than others. So that's why we try to... Part of the reason we have so many schools in this game is because, you know, each one is fairly specific, and so, you know... And we all want to be our own special snowflakes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll... So, uh, so after that, we've got step four, which is ring bonuses, which is pretty straightforward. Well, we can we can talk about that. There's some guidelines there, but we'll we'll mm. get to that. Um, and then choosing skills, which again is pretty straightforward. There's a table. You set, select the number of skills. There's a sort of recommended common skills available, but any school can really have any skill type as long as it fits with their theme. Yeah, because these are just your starting skills. They don't represent that much of your character over the long run. Um, it's fairly safe to give anybody anything. Um, also, yeah. we're capped at three at character creation. So, right. um, technique access is a much yeah. more uh, interesting choice. Um, that's going to have a significant impact on the school and how it exists over time. The general rubric there is that everybody gets rituals unless they don't, um, uh, because they, you know, have some thematic reason not to. Is there uh, anyone currently other than the Colat who doesn't get rituals? Uh, that might be a tough question because I'm saying, like, can you remember every single school that's been put out so far? <laughs> and that might be a bit mean. Fairly certain, but I'm checking right now so that I don't misstep in a recorded context. But I think the Mercenary Shinobi does not. Yeah, that sounds Ninja right. Does not. That would make sense, actually. Oh, no, they do have rituals available. Yeah, I think they didn't have them at one point in development, mm. but they uh, got them back for reasons of it not really, they're not really needing to not have them. Mm. I do have a question about that, and that is um, certain schools not spoken of, uh, like the Kato, have invocations in their school, even though they do not have the Shigenja tag. Mm. And um, what do you think about pulling in invocations into non-access schools and what things should we think about? Does does an invocation automatically mean it has to be a big magic effect or can it be you get the spell effect, but the special effects aren't necessarily all there? What does that mean? Well, that's a thematic consideration. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of freedom, right? I mean, each <laughs> of these, each of the, one thing, if I'd had, you know, 500 pages for the core book, I'd have loved to have done <laughs> is write a different magic system for every Shugenja oh, tradition. Oh, yeah. Because in the lore, they're all very right? different. Um, and 
you know, I didn't have 500 pages, as Kat can attest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Yep. So, you know, like, I mean, you have everything from, you know, you've got the Isawa who are throwing around these big elemental effects to like the Agasha who are, you know, like doing most of their magic through, you know, these alchemical components and concoctions. And that's why we, the sort of, the, the best we could come up with in the space we had was to give the, you know, the alternate names. Yeah. And those try to really get at this. So like, you know, for mm-hmm. Tempest of Air, we've got Tempest of Air, Stormy Vile, Howl of Visora, and Flap of the Wyvern's Wings. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like with one of these, we've got this like elemental, you know, invocation of like, you know, air around you. With this other, we've got presumably you're pulling a vial out of your jacket and smashing it on the ground and wind flies out. You know, Howl of Isora, you're summoning some, you know, fortune to like, uh, to activate this, this power for you. Um, Flap of the Wyvern's Wings. I mean, you know, who knows what that could be. You could be like growing dragon wings for a second or something. I mean, it's sort of, you know, it's a foreign ability. So who knows? It could be any sort of weird thing. Uh Um, It could be. uh, So yeah, there's a lot, supposed to be a lot of space for interpretation. So, Mm. you know. But they're all Shigenja. They're all Shigenja. So if you had a non-Shigenja, but you wanted them to be able to pull off that effect, is that? Yeah, I mean, I I must admit, I come from from a game system called Hero System, which is Champions, a superhero system. And they are really, really strong on separating the game mechanics from what it looks like, from the special effects. So Mm -hmm. they are all about reskinning. So if if Flap of the the Women's Wings makes a huge air blast, right, but that's a Shugenja spell. Um, but you want someone to have access to that, but they're not a Shigenja, and you don't want this to be an invocation. Even though the game mechanics are exactly the same, can't have it come from some other thing, and that that's perfectly fine. I, I, I personally it's, think that's reasonable. I might go in the direction of adapting an invocation to like a kata, and then using the invocation as template mm. rules language because there there's going to be i think some differences like keyhole work differently yeah. um and so you might consider either homebrewing up some custom techniques to represent precisely what you want to go for but otherwise in the curriculum itself you can be restrictive about either what elements you provide if you want to be really careful like you can have specific invocations yep. in this curriculum instead of having blanket access. Um, so okay. you don't even have to have invocations in your allowed technique range mm. for that because okay. the game wants to be very specific. I, I think just in general, deciding what special access your this school gets is another of the big fiddly things. That's important to the general long-term running of the school and how it feels, but can also really, really upset things if you get it wrong. And I think, especially early access. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but also access to uh, invocations if you're not if you're a non-invocation class, or access to ninjutsu and you're not a ninjutsu class, and so on. Yeah, you know, that can really come. There can be some wonky combinations if someone say gets kaho, uh, um, kiho. And ninjutsu or kiho, and invocations, which might not come up otherwise. I think I think that's one of the other that and the school ability. I think are the two big fiddly things that are going to really shape how this class feels 
and whether or not it actually worked at the table. Yeah, I, I think there are there are two more things that have a really substantial impact, and that gets us to our next couple steps, mm. actually. So technique access, starting techniques. Step seven is curriculum and mastery ability. Yeah. Um, and I think those are sort of the other two big things. Um, mastery abilities are funny because they're mostly aspirational. I mean, I've yeah. run games at rank six because I wanted to see what rank six play is like, and I was amazed that it uh, didn't explode, actually. But it, <laughs> it seems to run pretty well. Um, but, uh, um, uh, but mastery abilities are mostly aspirational. They're mostly like the, this is the cool thing, the awesome thing my character is going to be able to do someday. This is the sort of like pure expression of what my power or character's power would look like at its, you know, greatest heights, but probably you're going to spend most of the game without it. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, and so that's why you know for mastery abilities again we have we have guidelines and we have some examples but like for mastery abilities you can really have some pretty amazing stuff because at the end of the day by the time your character gets it they're going to be very powerful they're going to have a lot of tools available at their disposal the mastery ability has to be something that isn't just a you know like isn't just something they could do via other means mm. it has to be this like really interesting you know like new option or like substantial increase of something that couldn't be increased normally so for some of the really simple ones we just went with like increasing your you know endurance and composure because actually those are quite hard to do yeah uh once you've capped out rings and so you know suddenly like here's this angle you can get um and then the curriculum is is also really important because the curriculum tells a story um, and you know, when you're looking at rank one of the curriculum, you should think, well, what does this tradition or school teach its initiates? And you look at rank two and it's like, well, what do you get to learn as you get more advanced? Mm. What are you trusted with? What does this say about the school? You know, like it says something very different. If a Shugenja school teaches you fire invocations before it teaches you water invocations, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, like, are you the sort of school that just throws your students into the deep end and expects that the, you know, like the unworthy will blow themselves up or do you teach them how to heal before you teach them how to hurt, you know? Um, so there's a lot of story in there and that's, um, you know, uh, I think you designed like a large chunk of the core book curriculums, right, Kat? I, it's been so long. I have a recollection about doing at least some of them. I, I seem to recall that you did a you did a bunch of them and like you know we sat down and we really talked a lot about how to you know tell this story through the curriculum mm-hmm. you know like cool. it's one of my favorite things to kind of work on when I'm like tinkering with a school or or making my own um, it's I I really enjoy that part of like the storytelling as Max is saying in terms of like and, and I guess I try to theme it too with like making sure that if if it's going to focus on like the martial skill group that like that's where I also add in some kata um I kind of think of it like almost like I mean it's it's a curriculum so it's like what classes do you take second Mm. year and (laughs) I like to kind of tie it together but then of course you also want to make sure that you're not overlapping skill group access with skill access so it can get a little tricky sometimes and You'll you'll probably for those of you who are trying this at home, you'll probably find yourself iterating and moving things around um, as you go. Do you try to balance the curriculum? I, I noticed that you know in trying to go through this, uh, there's always like two three two specific skills plus a skill group plus uh, 
a range of either a kata or a range of shuji, uh, and then maybe one or two specific uh, shuji or kata or uh, rituals. I mean, that's just per level. It just is, is how most of the curriculum levels seem to be balanced out. Is that a goal? Or is that yeah. just coincidence? Oh, no, it's intentional. I mean, it would be a lot harder to make these if there wasn't sort of a paradigm to work from. Um, you know, working mm -hmm. within a structure is actually a lot easier than, you know, trying to build each of these freeforms. So uh, it's very much intentional that we set that out. Uh, but it is a structure of rules that you can break. Um, you know, okay. the Togashi tattooed order gets two groups, two technique groups at one rank, I think, or two skill groups, maybe. I don't remember. It has... I included one paradigm break in the core book on purpose just to prove that I could. Um, uh, and I picked the probably weirdest school to do it in. Um, uh, but, um, you know, if you want to do two technique groups instead of, you know, three techniques or even add on an extra thing at a certain rank, it probably isn't unbalanced to do so as long as it's not like vastly wider access than other characters have. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the key thing to remember about curriculums is that the curriculums are sort of like how, how quickly you can advance, but they don't necessarily have such a strong correlation with your character's power at any given point, except through the various special access things, because at the end of the day, you still need to earn the experience to spend in the curriculum. Are there any rules to consider for special access, like only one level early no matter what, or especially, especially, when, especially when it comes to stuff. This is what I was talking about before, and I completely was talking about in the wrong section. Getting access to stuff your school does not get access to otherwise. Yeah. So generally speaking, we do. You don't get things more than one one rank early. That is not a hard and fast rule, though. There are definitely okay. times where some schools do, um, uh, and that's intentional because again, it's it's a guideline. Mm. Um, uh, breaking it can do really interesting things and create characters who are way different. There's some, you know, interesting stuff with like some, some high rank, like rituals, for instance, don't necessarily have the high TN to activate. Yeah, yeah. And so giving one of those pretty early can actually really change how a character plays. But at the end of the day, most of the rituals aren't that powerful from like a, you know, game warping standpoint, but they can have really cool narrative effects. And so if one character gets that really early, it can become kind of this defining thing to them um, in a way that, you know, it might not be for other characters who do eventually get it later. I was thinking of a rather odd hole that you could end up with a bit of an edge case where if you give someone uh, a ritual, they don't normally get rituals. Or, or so actually, they normally get rituals. You get them one ritual two ranks early. Technically speaking, when they get to the next next rank, they can't get that ritual if they didn't get it the rank before. That sounds like a really silly edge case. Well, that certainly happens with like the Kato, mm. in that if they don't take their invocation at the rank they're supposed to get it, they don't get their invocation. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that theoretically, if someone gets rituals and they get an, an early uh, rank four at rank two, ooh, early access, then they're rank three. I can't get that rank. I can't get that rank four ritual now until rank four. Well, make sure you go to class. Absolutely, <laughs> study for heaven's sake. We we told you it was on the test. I was going to say but the I, curriculum is is there for a reason. We did say this would yeah. be on the test. Yes. Um, <laughs> I I think that's a silly edge case, and it just amuses me. But, yeah, uh, and we we definitely that, we knew about that edge case, and it because because schools that tend to have really unusual access like that do tend to have 
uh, you know, they tend to be getting more than everybody else. I'm kind of okay with yeah. that trade-off. Um, hmm. uh, because it means that, like, yes, you have to do a thing at a particular time, but you yeah. get to do a really cool thing because of it. And if you don't want to do it for some narrative reason, then don't do it. It's also worth keeping in mind that if you really want to give a player access to an ability, you can always, you know, have that occur narratively through various means. Like if you want yeah. a character who, let's say a character did skip a bunch of things for some narrative reason at a lower rank because they like mm. left their school or they feuded with their sensei or something. And then later they return and like make amends and go through some, you know, trials and tribulations to sort of, you know, r repair that relationship then you could maybe say, okay, now your teacher will teach you this ability, you know? Yeah. I mean, apart from that, even if you want to take it to the extreme, there not there in one of the modules, one of the adventures somewhere, there is someone who can teach you a technique. Yes. Just regardless of whether or not your school has it or your curriculum has it, whatever. No, no, no. This person will, will, can teach you. So, yeah. And yeah. that's, I really like options. including that in my campaigns. I think it's a lot of fun to kind of represent that knowledge. Um, mm the way that it would be relayed in the world, or maybe there's a scroll that the characters find that includes a, a technique. I love it. All right. Well, and so once you've figured out the curriculum, then, yep. uh, then what do you do? Uh, well, after, the, after the curriculum, you've got two more steps, the starting outfit, which is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Basically give the characters some appropriate items if yeah. they're in a you know core book game where you're all playing samurai, give them more money to start. If they're in a Path of Waves game, they should be broke like everybody else. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, but at the end of the day, one of the things about this game is even in Path of Waves, generally characters start with the stuff they need to do their job. Um, you know, you you have a katana if you're a samurai, etc. Um, yeah. uh, and so you know you have some options, um, and uh, you're not you're not completely lacking in the things you you need. You might not have all the things you want. You might not have the sort of like, you know, thing that's sort of like best for your build in the long run, but you, you can at least function. I think one difference in outfits in fifth edition compared with earlier editions is that the schools are a bit more liberal with dishing out um, weapons. Mm. And I think like from my perspective that that comes from, the fact that combat is very typically a, a part of L5R campaigns and it's it's not fun to sit on the sidelines and not have very much to do, even if Shuji can can really, you know, shine in combat encounters. But also I think it reinforces the idea that when you're playing with great clans, it's like all of you are functionally soldiers in your lord's army yeah. and you just serve in different ways. But um, I think... I wouldn't like worry about being so precious when when giving out weapons and starting outfits. It, about... It's also true that in in previous editions, the stats you needed to be a uh, courtier were so different from the stats you needed to be a warrior that mm -hmm. it was it was very difficult. Even you know, even if I gave you a katana, you weren't going to be that good, good to use it. Whereas in fifth edition, it doesn't work that way, which is really good. It's one of the things I like about it. So one of the things, questions I have then uh, regarding outfits is attendance. There's a little note on attendance, but they're a very interesting object to have in your starting kit. <laughs> mm. Yes, you do not have a person in your pocket, uh, you, but you do have a person <laughs> who is around to help you with stuff. Um, attendance uh, are one of those things where I, 
I seem to recall we ended up doing attendance through the um, through the school because uh, Kat, you and I had a bunch of conversations about um, you know the the thematic considerations and just this idea that like you know it's kind of important that you know the certain schools in particular have this you know like ability to have a character who can do things in the world for them right Mm -hmm. um you know like it's important that the like doji diplomat um have a person who is can sort of be their you know gopher for the tasks a samurai should not do um (laughs) uh or at least a samurai of stature should not do um Mm -hmm. but attendance can be themed a lot of different ways too like i had one um game i ran where a character was playing a uh kakita duelist with an attendant and the attendant was like a like a, a pupil and so you know the you know the, the character <laughs> Un- was unpaid intern yes exactly um and so you know the, the 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 attendant was a samurai functionally um from a theme standpoint but you know the attendant was also subservient to the character so you know the attendant had to go do whatever various tasks the you know the, the pc wanted of them um i I've got a, a Kikita Julist who has uh, an attendant who is there teaching them specifically swordsmithing. So he's a swordsmith for them, and he goes and he polishes up his blade to make it extra shiny before fights. Oh, nice. Love it. I thought that was a cool yeah. implementation of the attendant. Yeah, that's neat. Um, but yeah, so attendance, I mean, if you think it's appropriate and it fits the character concept, I mean, I could also very easily see playing a doji diplomat or kakita duelist who just said you know i don't even really want an attendant i don't want to manage another character like i'll maybe i have someone thematically who lives at my estate and keeps track of things for me but like i'm not going to see them every session they're just going to be like off running my business and dealing with you know scheduling appointments for me and what have you (laughs) i've also run games where uh, players who are playing yojimbo style characters take their charge as basically mm. an attendant mm. and yeah, that's yeah. cool they they don't have very like these particular like charge attendants aren't very important narratively they're so that's why we can kind of like use that sort of framework for them is because they're they're not the most important part of that character but if it were more narratively important than I would probably just run them as an NPC instead of an attendant, but that that's a cool way to use it. Of course, now I'm remembering that you can that some of those uh, lines in the school are attendant or horse, and my brain is going in very strange directions. <laughs> you, sorry, you're the Ujimbo to the horse. <laughs> it's very prestigious. <laughs> very prestigious. It's a prestigious horse. Sharp. And can go shopping for me. It's great. Um, this isn't Crusader Kings. <laughs> this horse is actually Shinjo. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. All right. And so once you got the starting outfit all set, what was the last step? The most important step. The most important uh, step, and certainly the one that uh, will lead to the most arguments, which is the school name. Yay. Mm-hmm. The school name. Did yep. you fight over that a lot for your school? What was the most controversial uh, one? <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about what, controversial what's, ones, but I what's, think... what's the most controversial one you could admit to? <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk about the ones stuff from the beta. We had the uh, we, we we kicked around a bunch of different names for the uh, 
Miramoto just to see. And oh, finally, yeah. we, we just threw one out there to just be like, all right, we're not keep this isn't final, but we need a name for the beta. So we'll just throw something out and see how it lands, if it lands, etc. And then, you know, it didn't. Mm. So we were able to update that and that worked out well. But <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the part of the school that I pay the most attention to from the lore perspective because I really want to make sure um, that it encapsulates what's going on and that it isn't like super duplicative with other schools. But mm. when when you're in your games, I think um, for for players and GMs, the consideration is like what is the job function that this um, school is is doing. Um, potentially and I think it's a lot more interesting to find a more evocative noun than just bushi or shugenja or death Kenobi. dealer death dealer. <laughs> death dealer is great I do sometimes wonder if there, there can be sometimes a difference between the player facing name that's the game mechanic for the school and what it gets called in the outside world in the actual in game because I do find myself wondering it's a, you know, hi, uh, my name's, you know, Shoruso Bob, and I'm a, I'm a death dealer. That's my job. Um, why is everyone, hello, guys? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're a warrior culture. Like, that's true. Putting that's heads true. in a bag is one of your, you know, activities you do on the battlefield. There's stats, for, well, there aren't any stats for it, but we, the head bag is included in a rule book. Like, <laughs> this is true. Yeah, some other considerations include um, it's a lot of fun to name the dojo where um, this school is taught. So you might be able to refer to them as like, oh, this person yes. studied at the Hall of whatever or the Kakita mm. Dueling Academy or, or what have you. Um, but also certainly like in the lore, the doji don't have exclusive rights to the trademark, registered trademark term <laughs> diplomat. Right, so... <laughs> I, I think that's a really good point to bring up is that in setting it is going to be much more important who your teacher is and mm -hmm. what dojo you trained at um the schools most I mean, a few of them are only a specific dojo but a lot of them cover a pretty wide gamut of like different you know training groups and facilities and all that and so generally from a from an in-universe perspective yeah, the school might be like the style you studied, but from a relevant consideration standpoint, the most important thing is going to be your teacher, and the second most important thing is going to be like where your teacher teaches. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of... Um, I would imagine that there are several schools where they're taught at different dojo, and, and they kind of have their own idiosyncrasies and traditions there. So as a GM, that can be something that you think about too when you're when your players are creating their own schools or you're helping build schools for them, what does this look like in the world? And is it yeah. a place they would go? And how does it differ from other schools like it? Yeah, like the unicorn aren't going to have a dojo. Not not often. I, I can imagine them just, you, you ride around with this small group of other people that you are learning from. And you are yeah. wherever well, you are. Yeah. It's going to be very yeah. different, you know, by individual tradition and all that. And right. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. in the same way that if I could, I would have written a different magic system for, you know, every uh, type of shugenja. Yeah. I would have loved to have written, uh, you know, like different rules for learning techniques based on the different, you know, 
teaching methods and philosophies of different martial arts because those do vary a lot but <laughs> yeah it didn't have 500 pages <laughs> yeah, yeah all right well we did get some com- uh school adjacent questions from our community that uh, yeah. we wanted to give to you. I've asked a couple questions as we've gone along where it seemed like they fit, but we do have a couple of other ones. Um, one one big one that we've had come up repeatedly is that there's some awesome new techniques in, say, Path of Waves or the later books that would fit very well into um, the core book curriculums. For example, there's a bunch of horse riding ones that really uh, long to be put back into the um, otaku and Shinjo mm. curriculums. So how do we go about potentially modifying core book techniques to bring them up to date with um, core book curriculums to bring them up to date and backfill um appropriate uh, techniques? Mm. Well, this actually brings to a, a point about something that, uh, you can do uh, while making schools that we cannot. Um, So our general policy is that no book references um, anything except the core book. Um, There are certain exceptions for the like adventures that accompany the supplements. Um, Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, we can't say in, you know, courts of stone call out to Shadowlands. Um, We can maybe put in a sidebar that says, Hey, if you're running a Shadowlands campaign, look at this book but we're not going to include yeah. a technique from Shadowlands in Courts of Stone. Um, mm. However, that there is no such restriction for players from building their own schools. Um, and this sort of brings me to another point I was actually thinking about talking about, which is you can also use the building school rules to modify a school. So if you wanted to take the Utaku Battle Maiden and, you know, sort of like update it a little bit, um, there really isn't any reason you couldn't go through and swap out some of the techniques that maybe were in there because, you know, they fit well enough because we had a limited amount in the core book, but really it would be better with a riding technique. That's something Mm. you can totally do. And just sort of looking at these rules for how those things work, it's pretty easy to go through and say like, okay, this is rank three, that's rank three, they got it early at rank two, let's swap that in instead. And it probably yeah. won't be that game-breaking. I mean, there's a good chance in many cases it won't even matter too terribly much. It, maybe it gives you early access to something, which is nice. But other than early access, a lot of the time those schools are going to have access to the new stuff anyway because of the forward porting that naturally occurs due to getting, like, rank 1 to 3 kata. But yeah, yeah. Um, for uh, Shinobi, um, they don't benefit from that. And so that's a good option for them. Um, although for Shinobi, we did specifically include a couple titles that are really good for them and that a Shinobi is likely to get in the course of play uh, to give them access to the stuff in Courts of Stone because uh, Ninjutsu is more limited. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that that was how we uh, sought to sort of, uh, if people want to play, you know, very much by the rules as written, you can still get access to that stuff because if you're a Shinobi, you're almost certainly going to do some of the things in some of those titles. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah. And if anyone else wants to do those things, they'll have to like step well outside their normal comfort zone, which is kind of cool because then you can sort of have a character become a shinobi. But uh, but for a shinobi, it's just that's sort of expected that you're going to be assassinating high profile people for your lord. <laughs> so so it's relatively easy to kind of say, well, we're going to remake rank three of this school with the new information that we have available. 
because you can just use the same guidelines as if you're making rank three of a whole new school. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even just take the existing one and just substitute the things you want. And yeah, this shouldn't be tweak, too tweak. unbalancing. Like at the end of the day, it, it is just the menu of things you can buy. Um, so go, go wild. <laughs> Talking about that, you, you talked about titles a lot and that does give a lot of things like, you know, fun access to new, uh, new techniques, for example. Um, how would I go about creating a new title? Because that has a curriculum and it has a technique mm. or ability. How, how would I go about and, doing yeah, that? Yeah. So I really like to, I, I start with the, the same way that the curriculums follow a pattern of like this many skills, this many skill groups, this many techniques, um, and this technique group. I try to follow a similar spread when I'm creating a title. And the other thing that I want to do is I want to think about how does this title follow the mold or break the mold compared to who I think will be taking this. And that's something where like, I'm really sensitive to which techniques are being doled out because I don't want it to be so unexciting. Like if the Kakita dualist is going to be taking the Kenshin Zen title, then you want to make sure that those Kenshin Zen um, the techniques that are on offer don't overlap too much. Or if they do, then you're making a conscious decision that the player is going to be spending XP there as opposed to in their school. Um, so I, I think about like different character concepts and what, what kind of play style the new title is going to be offering. And so, you know, if this is something that makes a more militaristic flavor of a Shugenja or a more courtier flavor of a, of a Bushi, um, then, you know, think about what schools you would include to highlight that flavor or skills rather. Mm -hmm. Um, and then think about like what technique range, um, I think the trickiest part for me, um, and so I, I often go to Max for this, is um, figuring out how much XP is appropriate to spend in a given title to get it to completion. And then the I'll let Max talk a little bit more about the um, title abilities as well and what thought goes into making those. Yeah, cool. so the title abilities are, um, are definitely a little bit different for school abilities, not just in that they don't scale, but that um, you, know, you don't get them until the end of the title. Um, so that definitely has some impacts on things. Like Part of the reason the um, Kenshin Zen title doesn't actually take that much experience to complete compared to some of the like titles of similar power with similar abilities is that we figured by the time you get it, you're probably going to have already gotten quite a bit of the... Uh, Quite, quite a bit of the, you know, advances uh, that would be included in it. Um, and that, I mean, that's also why it has like culture and sentiment because you might not have picked those up. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it has martial skills. You're going to probably have a lot of investment in martial skills already. So it's 24 instead of, you know, 40 compared to the Kyuta and Asako shield bearer, which is, you know, it, it, something that you're, you know, has a similar or has not, not as powerful ability but it's something you might get much earlier in your character's lifetime. Um, okay. Uh, and so that's definitely a consideration. Is like, how long are you going to spend in this title? How much of an impact is it going to have? For the abilities, it is similar to school abilities in that it should be a like an interesting ability. It's also our chance to give passive abilities, which we don't do much of in this game because we didn't want there to be too much passive tracking. 
Um, uh, and so it's a nice way to dole out some passives. But yeah, it, it, I mean, I think the foremost concerns are generally thematic. Um, and with titles, at the end of the day, titles are always gated behind GM permission, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the GM should not feel bad about saying, you know, if you're just building this title combo at a power game, I want you to at least justify what's happening in character narratively or, you know, what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so for instance, you know, I think it is reasonable that if a, you know, a player has like a, a combo they want to build to, you know, the GM can be like, well, let's figure out why your character would become a Yuriki, you know, like in the story, because it has to make sense there too. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's, that's definitely like a part of the consideration of titles. And part of the reason that I would say compared with schools, titles are not as tightly focused on balance because some of them are going to be really potent um, because they represent these sort of like, you know, higher level achievements your character can get. uh, And that's okay that they can be a little bit more of that, like, you know, unequal character development potentially because they are gated behind narrative requirements. And oftentimes to get a cool title, you already have to have done a cool thing. So mm-hmm. I would say, um, essentially, how hard is the title to get should affect, you know, like how potent the ability is. If the title is really hard to get, it can have a really potent ability. I mean, the, the Kenshin's End paradox is essentially that you kind of, you, you would most want the Kenshin's End ability for, for your fight to become a Kenshin's End, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's intentional, that it's like, yeah, this ability is amazing, but you have to be really good to even get it. So it, the amount it increases your power relatively is less because it's, uh, you know, it's, it, you're already going to have to be very good to get it. I did have one more question, just one last question on titles before we move on, because I'm kind of keeping an eye on the time. Um, mm. Early access, or not early access, uh, unbrokered access through a title, like the Yuriki title giving you access to all those kata, delicious kata, whether you wanted mm. them or not. Um, you can be your rank one with a rank three kata with Yuriki access, for example. Uh, is that, uh, is that something we have to be really careful about for balancing or is that been considered with them or, or what's going on with that? <laughs> it's definitely considered. Um, I keep an eye on it, but I think it's sometimes, um, I mean, one important thing to keep in mind with like Yuriki, for instance, is that like, yeah, you get rank one to three Kata access, but you still have to be able to succeed on the TNs of a lot of those checks or generate yeah, enough fair. opportunity to actually use the abilities. And that's part of mm. the reason early access isn't as dangerous as it sometimes seems, um, except in combination with yeah. like really specific stuff. Like if Isawa manages to get early access to a, uh, you know, like rank five invocation, and that's part of the reason Isawa are really great for um, importuning invocations <laughs> because they can be like, all right, I'm rank three. I can knock three off the TN of this TN six to do this big thing. Um, mm. uh, but um, in general, you know, if, if an Agasha does the same thing, they're just like, great, I can maybe get this if I <laughs> channel for four rounds. Yeah. That's reasonable. It takes a long time to brew potions. I do hope nothing happens in the next four rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a lot of uh, so there's there's a lot of internal balance there with just like even if you get access to something early, you do need to have the ability to actually use it. Um, uh, so it, it's something to keep an eye on, to be sure. But um, but I think in the case of the Uriki, I think it's okay because it's this fairly specific thing. And again, a lot of the really good kata require various 
either high TNs or high opportunity costs, and you need to actually get those. All right. That sounds good. Well, we have been talking for a little while, and I have more questions, but I do want to actually try this out. So uh, how would you like to make a school? Well, why don't we get started and make a school all together? So do we want to do the Kikita Artisan? Yes, That's I'll say that. <laughs> all right, let's do the. I would also say that. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> all right, it's unanimous. Uh, <laughs> I've got a uh, sheet open in front of me with a curriculum. Uh, so I'm just going to fill directly into a curriculum. But if people want to follow along on a build your own sheet, um, that's a good option as well. Uh, follow along at home, and then I can send you the PDF. Um, oh, that would be it. awesome. Uh, you'll need to find some good art, but I'm sure there's good card game art to find somewhere. There's um, a few artisans out there. It's a very big school. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, we know what the name is. It's the Kikita Artisan. So we've already answered question nine out of order. That's good. So, uh, roles. Let's talk about roles. So I... Artisan. Seems obvious. <laughs> assuming it'll be an artisan. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Yep. And maybe a courtier or are we doing two? Or I was going to say, we certainly can. So that's where the question comes in. I mean, we can do as many roles as we want because this is a uh, build your own school. Um, but uh, courtier makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, this is yeah. going to be an artisan who's also focused on the sort of like, you know, ramifications of their work. And they're going to, you know, be a social presence, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, courtier would make a lot of sense. Uh, there is another tag we could consider, depending on how much we want to lean into the sort of like mystical elements of the Kikita artisan versus not. And so that is, I mm. think, a discussion we should have. Should this be a Shugenja or should it not be a Shugenja? I, I'm at, I would say it's limited enough. Like the, the well, it sounds to me like it's relatively limited in terms of its, what it does, and Shugenja sounds really broad. Well, that's a that's a traditionally. I'll, I'll, I'll tap my four e Nora. I don't know uh, yeah, about five yeah. e. So when Kikita artisans started out, they were created in first edition with Way of the Crane, and yep. they had magical abilities, but they were not Shigenja. And then mm. they, you know, so they had things called Maya, which were you know your little origamis come to life, or like a Shikigami, or things like that. And they were way overpowered, yeah. and we won't do those. Um, no. but the, then later on they were stripped of all of that and were made completely mundane. So mm. this one is, uh, one for Katrina. Katrina, is there a little bit of magic in the Kikita Artisans? Is there a lot or none? I really like the idea of an artisan that is able to like channel like the inner being or like bring, bring an art piece to life in a metaphorical way, if not like a literal mm. way, I could really see a sage tag hmm. going on this school. Yeah. Because yeah. They're, not, they're not doing what a Shugenja would, but I have some crazy ideas that I want to run past all of you for what their school ability might oh, look like. We, awesome. we got a list. We got a list of ideas as well from, <laughs> Excellent. from the Discord. All right. So, Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go with Artisan, Courtier, Sage. Um, awesome. This is a sa- nice spread of things. Um, sage doesn't qualify them for many things, but it does um, uh, does have that nice thematic element, and it might qualify them for a few things. So Yeah, I, I think your third role f- sounds very much like a flavoring 
<laughs> Generally it is, yeah. But sometimes you get some fun stuff out of that third tag. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we don't need to write up the full five-sentence sell sheet uh, unless somebody has that pre-written. But, uh, mm. Kaori, let's let's talk about what is what is the heart of this school in your eyes as we're coming up with it? Well, I, I like I said, I like the idea that they have a little bit of magic. They have a lot of art, and they are just uh, very dedicated to it. Um, I would... If we were talking rings, I would probably give them some fire because they are creating original stuff. Tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, no, that's fine. So um, I'm just thinking even even just oh. in, in step one, um, though we can definitely get to uh, rings in a yes, second. A step- and I'll note down yeah, that. This is, this is choose affiliations and summarize school, I think, is step yeah. user, right? Um. So, yeah, okay. So that makes a lot of sense to Very me. Very so inspired, over-the-top uh artists both in performance and physical skills like singing dancing art jesting that sort of thing or uh creating stuff like paintings and and things i think there are both kinds of artisans i i think a school should have be able to use both that's 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 me i don't know i'm not katrina (laughs) no that sounded great to me so the other uh, the other relevant question to ask here um, is, uh, do you view their school as one that encourages specialization or uh, diverse learning among the students? Are they does everyone learn painting and rhetoric and um, you know uh, uh, various forms of you know music or you know is it one of those things where you tend to get channeled towards a single path? I think it's a single. Yeah. You tend to get channeled to your thing more, which which, which I think is is very on genre for the samurai as a whole in Japanese culture. It's like you do the thing and you do the thing the best you can. I think the Kakita family in particular tends toward mastering a single art to perfection because it is very difficult mm. to perfect multiple arts. Okay, so what I've got right now, again, we we would you know jazz this up a little bit if it was going to be printed, but the Kikita Artisan is an inspired, over-the-top, mystical artist. Uh, The school specializes in both performance and creative arts. Um, Students tend to pursue mastery in a single, or in a specific art rather than developing a broad base of knowledge. Perfect. Uh, So, for rings, I think plus one fire makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, could see plus one void. Yeah. That was where my head was at too, if we want to kind of go with the spiritual angle. Void or air, yeah. Say, air. Air was, was where I think but but immediately oh yeah, the mystical element. Well I so think the, that the, the crane have a ton of air they have playing a crane of and Kikita. Yeah. They certainly have it with the Kikita. Kikita what, air air and fire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that helps to differentiate them. All right. Cool. So plus one fire, plus one void. Uh, so uh, it is an artisan. So for starting skills, let's see. Well, we don't have to go down. So uh, let's do school ability next, actually. Um, so Yeah, for, this is going to be the interesting one. So for school <laughs> ability. So I think we've all had interesting ideas for school abilities. I had a, a direction I was thinking before we started this conversation, but I, I'm open to all sorts of stuff. So my mm-hmm. thinking was that this school might get access to invocations, but only specific mm. ones. Um, and yeah. that would represent their magical abilities. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing 
you know, sort of like magic in Rokugan, you're interacting with the spirits in some way. Maybe you can't talk to them directly like some Shugenja can, but you're hey. interacting with the spiritual world and it would be appropriate to use invocations there. But it sounds like people might have other ideas. And so I think there are other mm. routes we could go too. What were you thinking? There's one, this is not a suggestion which I, came up, which I saw, did not come up with, I want to be very clear, um, was that apparently... A, with void around about target number five is for awakening an on object mm-hmm. which is um not very well defined which is the interesting thing so a possibility of taking that target number down and it's possible that uh if it, it's so it might be opportunities give you more access to abilities so by bringing the target number down you're, you are likely to have more opportunities to spend. That's interesting. That, that would be that would that would be something that could scale with the school. That's interesting. So that that would be an interesting way to hang it off an existing thing. I think the challenge there mm. is because school abilities really need to be very usable to the player. Um, yeah. We need to pretty concretely define what awakening an object is. Exactly. The reason that's vague is actually on purpose because at the mm. end of the day, it's sort of within the realm of like GM discretion. What does awakening the spirit of an object do? It's kind of going to yep. do what the plot needs it to do. Like awakening yeah, the spirit yeah. of a sword can have the sword tell you that it was misused in a murder, or <laughs> it could make the sword better for one scene to avenge the person who was murdered, or it could, exactly. you know, so it, it would be very hard to, uh, to, to clearly nail that down, that down specifically. Now we could do something yeah. similar instead of playing off of that. We could give a, specific thing. Kat, what was the direction you were thinking? So I wanted to explore the possibility of essentially enchanting the art that you create, not in the way that the Asahina artificers do, but like potentially, I don't know, I was wondering how we would mechanically implement the idea of this is an art piece that you've created and anyone can use it to activate certain shuji oh okay that's That's, interesting that's interesting so you could could like embed a shuji in it compared to your school rank maybe yeah i would because we have things like the kaido um shrine keeper and the yoga ward master who have those kind of like preparation downtime so i i don't Mm. know if that's possible oh that's definitely possible (laughs) well there's okay that's a that's a good idea i i I love more magic we could also put magic in the curriculum i guess um i had an idea yeah yeah do (laughs) Do it light up um so this one is is a little bit different from that in that uh it's kind of i guess boring uh in that i thought maybe you could have uh gaining strife like up to your school rank in strife to reroll dice on uh, any performer perform artisan role because you want to be good at what you did. And then um, to go with that, it you could basically choose to unmask by going into the exhausted status. So rather than unmasking oh. a different way, you, you, some, you in this you can redo your role so you can get it right but you can actually work yourself into exhaustion at this point rather than other kinds of 
uh, unmasking um, for that for so, the opportunity. So, so the magic of the school would come at a different point later on when you're better on it, it better be, at okay. it. Okay. Well, okay. So your school ability would be being a really good artisan, being a good artist, and then later on you get okay, yeah. That makes sense. So I really like those just because as a as an artisan, like if you've studied, I really like the thematic idea of like you just don't get nervous and so you don't generate as much strife on your artisan mm. skills compared to other people. Or That's like an- this brings you peace. So I really like the the story that that technique is telling or that ability. I think it might have yeah. actually been going the opposite direction, Kat. I was kind of going the after that you put yourself to get more success. Oh, yeah. maybe I misheard. Which yeah, I, it was... with my ability with or my uh, my experience with art, so I can see that. Yeah, you just pour yourself okay. into it, and then you have this specialized um, way of unmasking. Not that there's any rule against going into exhausted as your unmasking, but I like the idea that you can just like pour yourself into it until you collapse <laughs> and right. get you know get tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, I, I think there's a lot of interesting um, potential here. Uh, I think we have just gotten our school ability and our mastery ability. So let, me, <laughs> let me break down what I think we've got here. So uh, I, I, I think uh, Kaori's school ability is, is quite strong and is going to be a really good like defining piece. So, um, uh, But I'm going to add something to it. So when you make an artisan skill check, um, you may receive... I can type. Strife. Up to your school rank to re-roll that many dice. Um, uh, and it should be for perform it, too if it's to work for both. Yeah, right? so I, actually we could probably make that artisan you're, you're, or so. It could be your chosen. Like you have to choose. Mm. Oh yeah, That's choose a, good idea. a skill. Yeah, I like good that. Good idea. Okay, so choose a skill from the following list as your what's a good name for your focus skill what do we call it for the wandering or the uh the ronin in the core book i'll take a quick look i think it's like specialization or something yeah that sounds right art with a capital a your art your art (laughs) yes i do like that um as your art we'll go with that for now uh, oh, they call it a signature weapon, so this might be your ooh, signature okay. art. As your Perfect. signature art. Okay. Um, uh, and then it'll be artisan skills or performance. Um, I'll probably list out that full list when I get around to typing this up nicely, but for now, that's good. Uh, okay. All right, so here we go. So um, when you make a skill check using your signature art, you may receive strife uh, up to your school rank to reroll that many dice. Uh, if, uh, if you become compromised this way, you may unmask by gaining the exhausted condition. Additionally, I think we should add uh, that you, when you make a check to activate an invocation, you may use your signature art instead oh. of the usual skill. Ooh, yes. I love it. Perfect. Um, instead of theology. Lovely. Hi. Yep. That makes I so much sense. I don't know nothing about theology, but I do know how to paint. Perfect. And My painting is divine. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the commie really like it. That's what's happening. It's the commie so, really like what you're doing. 
Yeah. So then I think we also have our mastery ability from what Kat was saying, because I love that idea of embedding Shuji. And I think we could say you can embed Shuji or invocations. Mm-hmm. So um, for that, uh, well, we can come back to that when we do mastery ability, but we're just going to yes. make down a note, mastery ability, embed Shuji slash invocations. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so we did ring bonuses already. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we did school ability. Uh, we did ring bonuses. So let's do our uh, skills. So uh, for skills, this is an artisan we're looking at. So it'll be mm-hmm. seven available skills, um, five picks. We could change this number if we wanted to for some reason, but I don't see any good reason to. Okay. Well, you got to have aesthetics and perform. I mean, yeah, yeah, you got to have those and design probably. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if you could just take the common skills for artisan, strike, martial arts, melee, and smithing from that list and replace it with performance. I'm trying to think if there's one other. It's it's nice to have one martial arts, but if I remember first edition, going way back, there was Misado, so you could have martial arts unarmed. Ooh, mm. I like that. I could also see meditation getting on that list. Mm-hmm. Martial arts unarmed with an improvised weapon, you know, whatever whatever it is you use, like <laughs> you can hit people with your brush. I think we can too. actually drop culture from that list to fit some stuff in too. Uh, not that you wouldn't want to take culture. We'll probably put it on the curriculum, but you don't necessarily need mm. to start with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and possibly you'd possibly put a note in here, and, and and here is where you choose your chosen art with a capital A. But like dance and martial arts unarmed go super well together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's see. So that's going to be aesthetics, composition, design. Um, Perform. Performance. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to hit them alphabetically so I don't have to retype it. Too. Ah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> but yes, performance will definitely be on there. Uh, and maybe a little courtesy or something. It doesn't have to be. Courtesy or sentiment. I don't know. It depends. I've seen a lot of artists. I don't know. I'm not... <laughs> They still have to be functioning in court enough to be well, there, I suppose. Not some of them. <laughs> well, it's only optional that you take them. You could be them. That's, that's true. That's true. There's, There's seven. You only choose five. You don't have to choose courtesy. That's true. That's true. Okay, so aesthetics, composition, courtesy, design, martial arts, unarmed, performance, and sentiment. Hmm. I like the idea that sentiment is there because as an artist, you need to be good at like taking inspiration from from people around you. So you kind of have an eye for like a the emotion or reaction of people um, responding to your art. And also you just kind of have an eye or a lot of artists I know are also empathetic. Awesome. All right. So starting honor, I'm feeling 50. 50 seem reasonable to people. At least. Yeah. 50 I to 55. Clue, uh, so I'll just go, mmm. Let's do 55. Sounds good. 55 is uh, the same as the diplomats, I believe, and the... Yeah. Uh, that tracks for me. I mean, the crane schools in general... Well, okay, so here's a way that we could differentiate the Kikita from the Doji, because the Kikita are less inclined to care about what others think and more inclined to think about themselves. Um, so you could go with the lower range there. Yeah, let's see what the Kakita Duelist has. Or the Swordsmaster. Yeah, the Kakita Duelist is 50. Compared okay. to the... Uh, Don't you from that's 50 as well, actually. Oh, okay, 50. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Split it just 50. 
Right in the middle. All right. Cool. So next we can go to techniques available. So I think this is going to be, do we want to, uh, so we don't want to give them direct invocation access all the time. We're going to do those no. via the curriculum. Mm -hmm. yep. So then it'll probably be the old Kata Ritual Shuji. All right. Um, starting techniques, uh, an artisan gets three. So uh, do we want to start them with a uh, Kata or do we want to go full in on Shuji and Rituals? I think Shuji and Rituals. Yeah, or yeah. just just Shuji because there's so many good ones. Like you got mm. you, the ones like you think you need is like artisan's appraisal <laughs> and brilliant performance, maybe. Or all right, I like just... the idea because because a lot of a lot of the the thing about art is setting up your space and and especially if you're getting into the spiritual aspects, uh, you start setting up your space in a ritualized way and and indeed religious way to kind of purify it. So I kind of like the idea of having some ritual as, as starting, but not necessarily. But yeah, obviously Shuji we could, would be Shuji heavy. Um, so we could uh, so we could go um, a choose one, a two choose ones for Shuji to give you some options, and then mm -hmm. one ritual maybe do cleansing right. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, uh, so uh, for Shuji, um, there are. There are many good options. Uh, let's, uh, I definitely think we should give them one. I like the idea of giving them a rank two early. Um, and mm -hmm. I believe our friend Artisan's Appraisal is rank two, unless I'm forgetting. Yes. Artisan's uh, Appraisal is rank two. So let's give them the option between Artisan's Appraisal and... Actually, you know what? It's a rank two. Let's just shoehorn them into Artisan's Appraisal. <laughs> hmm. Um... So so they're just so gonna... not making artisans, making art critics. They go together. They go together. <laughs> Sensational distraction is possibly a, a choice they could have. Yeah, so we'll, we'll start them off with an artisan's appraisal with the little uh, early marker. And then let's do a choose one between... So let's see. Is Sensational Distraction rank two as well? No, it is rank one. Excellent. So let's give them a sensational distraction. Cool. All right. So we've got artisan's appraisal, eliminate the way, sensational distraction, and cleansing right is a ritual. Um, so you're choosing between eliminate the way and sensational distraction. You're going to be distracting, but you get to choose how. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So we've got our enchanted artistry school ability. Uh, so let's uh, quickly go through rank one just to talk about um, doing uh, the doing a curriculum. Um, but we yeah. can uh, make that easy. So I feel like there's a really easy answer for what skill group you're getting. Mm -hmm. Is it you're, artisan? You're saying martial arts arm, don't I'm you? I'm saying martial <laughs> arts range, yes. No, uh, art artisan <laughs> skills. Absolutely. Um, uh, I think we should probably have some uh, social skills on there, probably performance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some courtesy or culture, something Let's do that culture yes. we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yes, this this is the one where they because they've this this is after they've they've left the school, so they've got enough time to actually learn stuff about the world. <laughs> exactly, and let's see. So this is this is still our sort of like you know this is still our novice. They're still they're still learning a lot about the world. So what what are we thinking mm. might be the sort of like early lessons that you know the teachers would want to impress upon their students? Uh, I I could definitely see courtesy culture performance. That would be pretty fitting. Be polite, yeah. uh, know your stuff. 
I quite likely to have something because they do get Carter. So just one thing that would be kind of outside what you'd expect a pure artist. Sure. So maybe something physical. Fitness. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, fitness is that. really important. Uh, not only for dance performance, but like so that your yes. back doesn't go out at age forty. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I that would be that. cool. That's a cool cool break plus you know a lot of they're not just necessarily painting they're, you know might yes. be building gigantic sculptures or yeah i'm not entirely sure rock is ready for the enormous welded metal statue genre <laughs> have you It'll seen crab architecture they're that's totally a, ready. And, and and that's a that's a Caillou thing anyway. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> but yes, but yeah, I, I like the idea of that being there. And you know, things you don't you don't have to get everything in the curriculum anyway. It's just the idea that this is something that they would teach. And again, part like you say, the storytelling definitely. <laughs> um, so uh, probably rank one. So let's see. So they've got a bunch of fire shuji off the bat. So maybe we offset that by giving them rank one. Uh, water or air shuji as part of their curriculum rank one air shuji seems like they're pretty court interested yep Mm. uh and then uh for special access so this is where we're gonna start talking invocations so yeah what are the do we do we think should they get one at rank one. Oh, definitely is that something we should i think they should i think if you want to sell the the sage aspect you do want to like tease them with like their first taste of magic Get it, get it, get it right in there. So, yeah. because they're right pretty fire weighted right now, um, that gives us mm-hmm. a couple interesting options. Let's see. So, what are what are the interesting rank one things we could do for fire? Uh, I don't want to just give them the ability to shoot fireballs. That seems no, 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 no. This would, this would be I, like the subtle magic, like Courage of the Seven Thunders, or no, that's not I just, fire. Well, actually, how, for subtle magic. <laughs> So despite painting shoot fireball. We have a couple interesting subtle magic options. Um, extinguish as a rank one uh, invocation that puts out fires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, biting steel improves a weapon. Armor of radiance improves armor. Those both play into the themes there. Um, but we could also step over if we wanted to be a little more subtle to uh, air or earth. Caress of earth lets you repair an item. I think that's definitely a candidate for one of the curriculum options. Courage of Seven Thunders obviously gives that improvement effect to people around you. Plus, oh, that's you know what like... could be. Uh, I was just gonna say, you know what could be the um, the the rank one fire invocation? Could it be Fukuroku Jin's wit? Mm. Ooh, yes. That actually that is very on good. theme. Yeah, so let's do that. It doesn't have to have a big special effect, but you look at it and you are inspired. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. So yeah, let's do Fukurokujin's wit. Um, so for uh, Shuji, let's uh, let's get another just sort of easy choice here. Rank ones. This won't be early access. That'll just be something that isn't an air Shuji. Mm-hmm. How about Well of Desire? That makes sense to me. I will paint the picture you want me to paint. All right. And so that's rank one. And so yeah, yeah. we won't go through all these in specific detail right now for the mm-hmm. sake of everyone's time, but uh, that's how it'll develop, essentially. Um, so let's quickly hit the different um, skill groups you get at different ranks, because that's pretty important. And the no, so not all the individual skills, just the groups, so just the four remaining groups. And okay. then um, the early techniques, or the special access techniques. So for rank two, 
I could see this. I mean, we've done a few schools like this. This school could just get artisan skills at every rank. That could just be its. That's 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 okay. Like it really shows that like hyper focus on one thing. I think you almost need that if you're going to have a signature art. You want to make sure that you can advance your signature art at every rank and get, you know, cookies for it. Except perform is not um, an artisan's skill. It is very likely then that we will see performance appear at every rank as well. Okay. <laughs> that made that easy. That works then. <laughs> artisan skills plus perform every rank. That's good. Yes, the other the other option we could go with, I think that you're alluding to, Corvar, is we could yeah. have performance or social skills show up at some ranks, and then we do the artisan skills there. Or um, you you somehow have like your signature art you can put up, whatever that is. Yes, that has okay. So that's actually another option we could take. We could put signature art on there. Um, oh. Uh, so let's uh, let's plan to do that. Um, yeah. And open it up uh, to all of- signature skills. All social skills at rank two, because by then you're sort of moving in the courts a little bit. Mm. Okay, so then we'll just put signature art thing. I feel like there would be a scholar group at one point, just because you're going to need to take inspiration. I, I think this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, this is like where the storytelling, three. the storytelling comes in. Like you know, okay, rank one. Yeah. This is what you're doing. Rank two. Rank two is where we start actually making you useful in the courts because that's part of the job of the artisan. And then yes. rank three is now you need to start really studying what you do. Awesome. Yes. You need to know all of the great works in order to make allusions to the great works in your art. Yes. yes and totally. and you this is where you start really hammering down your anatomy if you if you do portraits. This is where you now, Do we throw in another spell? <laughs> oh, d- definitely. We'll come back to uh, it. We'll hit those by rank again as well. I just okay. want to quickly get through all these. Um, uh, but uh, yes. Uh, so for three, um, we'll do scholar. So I think we should do a ramp up, ramp down. So we do, uh, you get your artisan, social, scholar, scholar social, artisan. Yeah. Because at the uh, at the end... That's when maybe you're starting to dip into other arts in order to augment your your specialty. Because all arts are one. That makes sense. Agreed. Exactly. Or you go and retire and focus just on your art and forget these courts because you are beyond them now. Exactly. But there's sort of a nice symmetry there, right? And that's you know, that's something that comes up in a lot of martial arts and it comes up in a lot of other ideas. This idea that like the end and the beginning, you know, you mm. have this sort of arc where you you're going to grow, you're going to develop, you're going to diverge, but then ultimately you're going to find that you're sort of back where you started in some ways. Though hopefully, you know, wiser for the experience. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, so let's talk about the, the real definers, the special access stuff. So for rank two, um, I think we should do an invocation at rank two uh, as well. So it does not need to be a rank two invocation, though it could be. Um, I could see summon mm. fog, potentially. Um uh, or maybe, uh, where is Dance any of Seasons? Is that rank buff three? Ones. Um, uh, yes, we could also look at buffs. What rank is Dance of Seasons at? Is that two or three? Why can't I find this? Oh, right, it's not in air, it's in water. We could also, I'm just wondering if we could also look at things like Kehoe Burst Effects. Potentially. I mean, obviously, that's going to, that's going to, like, widen what's possible, which... We're kind of trying to do this relatively quickly, so 
We're not going to have like a three-hour-long podcast. Oh, you know, one possibility mm -hmm. um, could be Call Upon the Wind, though I'd really want to theme that for like a dancer because it allows you to um, basically like fly. But <laughs> that, that could be a little... That would be it, yeah. Well, I mean, I like I, I reckon I could theme that for a painting. I really thought that, you know. Mm -hmm. You step into the painting and now you've got wings. We could also do Mask of Wind. Mask of uh, Wind Mask of Wind is much stronger, I think, for anything that you want to play. The other one that you could do, and it's kind of cheesy, but you are resting people as a path of inner peace. Mm, how sure. that works. Yeah. Path, I path mean, it's rank really one, but one. it's... Path of Inner Peace is like everybody's favorite anyway, but you'd be to doing it a totally different way. You watch the art and it's, you know, it, it relieves yeah. your fatigue. and That's fantastic. I really like the the healing power of art mm. as a possibility here. Uh, and, and I think we'd be remiss not to put Dance of Seasons on here. So my proposal is we give you two special access at this rank. Also because one of them is rank one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so now we've got a little bit of a theme developing where we've got fire at the first rank. We've got water at the second rank. Mm -hmm. So let's look at rank three. This is going to go alongside scholar skills. So maybe earth. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And then this you can have your courage you can... of seven thunders. Yes. Yeah, caress of earth and courage of the seven thunders were yeah. both ones we'd talked about. Those would both be good. I definitely want to do courage of seven thunders. Um, and I do like caress of earth. But I wonder if there's a rank three one we could do. Just to give them just a little bit more ramp in terms of their ability. Mm. As long as we're not, you know, throwing giant rocks at people or anything. There might not be anything. That's that kinda fits hard. Well. <laughs> uh Power, um, Power of the Earth Dragon, rank three, you they it, it it increases their endurance. So this is art that inspires mm. you so long that you just keep going. Ooh, that's like a that. good one. Yeah. And it's and it's subtle. Like you don't have to play out the big special effect. So yeah. it means that you're you can make it your own special effect by doing your I mean, art thing. I mean, like the Shigenja plays a hand on the earth and hand on the target over the target's heart, recite a deep reverberating prayer that thrums loudly through both, bringing the vitality and resilience of stone to the blessed. Like you could you could reskin that a bazillion ways. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so we'll do Courage of Seven Thunders and Power of the Earth Dragon. Um, mm -hmm. So then that brings us to. Uh, rank four, which looks like it's going to be air by our sort of process of elimination here. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I think nature's touch is an interesting one we also haven't discussed. Um, <laughs> the ability to talk to animals feels on brand, mm. potentially, to me. And there's also Mask of Wind, which we had talked about. Yes, the last you could also one. step up That's to a a rank one. two now. Oh, so maybe let's... Vapor of Nightmares. <laughs> there we go. A little dark, but... I, some art is. Uh, okay, so let's um, for this one. Let's uh, let's step up to Matt, rank two for our like low rank one. Mm. So we'll do Mask of Wind, um, and then uh, so uh, let's look at our rank four options. I think probably there's nothing that's going to quite fit, but maybe False Realm of the Fox Spirits would work. That does sound very. <laughs> It's a big illusion, which you could which you could theme as you describing something so evocatively that you create this yes. scene in people's minds. Or people going into the painting or any Ooh. any number of things like that. that you, well, yeah. that's it. That's, that's the Kikita Wayoso story, right? 
yeah. um, from yeah. First Ed, if people remember her putting the crab army in a book. Yeah. Perfect. So let's do False Realm of the Fox Spirits. That just sounds so on brand. So uh, then finally, we get to rank five. Uh, do we, um, we don't have Void to play with. We don't. And I think we shouldn't worry about inversions for this. No. Inversions are a little too weird. And they're, they're, they're a little too not in a source book that's out yet. They're also not published yet. <laughs> um, I, I considered putting something in here that wasn't published yet just to tease you. Ooh. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, I, I don't think we should we should do inversions. I think we go back to the beginning. We do fire again. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, there's is one that I saw, saw was very kikidish to me, though it's a very low one. Is Matsu's battle cry for the effect, not the. Um... God, you're gonna put something <laughs> called Matsu in a Kikita school? That's terrible. <laughs> They learn. They learn from. They learn from Matsu. This is Kikita's polite bow. Is what this is. Oh, pretty much, or, or, it, it or, worked. Or Matsu's cry of defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matsu's cry for mercy. Oh. If you succeed, you summon an illusion of a hellish scene that only the target can perceive, pushing them towards rage. Oh. You. That's why I thought it was cool for an artisan. It's like I'm going to totally pitch you off. Although what we could also um, what is there a teleportation? There, there is, but it's it's the Dominion of Sweet Yeah. Sweden. Sweden. Um it's, it's pretty it, strong. It's pretty strong. It's rank one. And I have to say, I think it is so on brand for our Kikita artisan. <laughs> that I, I really I really think it should be in there somewhere. Well, let's put it on there then, because we can make this rank five the sort of the synthesis, right? Yeah, because because mm -hmm. you can't put we don't have void, and so yeah, the two choices are go back to the beginning, but also this is now where all arts all arts are one. Is the That's other a good way point. the other way you could theme it? Um, I also realized we're, we're, we won't actually do a fire invocation at this rank. Um, one because I think the two options we have that are appropriate are a little on the heavy side. Um, and two, because I'm realizing that we need something else that we haven't put on here yet. Uh, void Shuji. We need to put, uh, well, we can do Void Shuji, definitely, but we need to do um, uh, Craft Shikigami. Um, oh, yes. Give them access to it if they're going to have it. Yes, 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 yes. And by this point, they'll actually have enough uh, invocations to make it good, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if we gave it to them early, they wouldn't really have much to work with. But giving it to them late, suddenly it actually becomes really viable. Um, and yeah, rank one, five, void, Shuji, definitely. For the abilities. All right. And then we've got our mastery ability. Will be essentially a uh, check to embed a Shuji or uh, invocation in an object that, that you know in an object that uh, somebody else can then use. I love it. So uh, we need a name for that mastery ability. Um, for the school ability, uh, I, I I don't know what the name should be, actually. For the mastery ability, I think we could go with Enchanted Artistry. Um, I had in my notes, just thinking about this, I had Passionate Artisan for the that's, school that's ability. That's awesome. Passionate Artisan. And that's nice because it really gets across that why you're getting exhausted and yeah. all that. Um, and then Enchanted Artistry for our Mastery Ability. All right, so uh, let's then quickly talk about School Kit and what this character should 
begin with. Would this be harder than just saying standard artisan gear? There isn't any artisan kits, and they're all different. Oh. No, there's not right now. I can't have a paint, you know. Well, you have the usual. Um, There's so many. So let's, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's assume that, um, I mean, so we can include items in these that we don't necessarily, that are just like more thematic, right? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the bureaucrat gets the seal of, uh, what is it? The seal of modest uh, authority or whatever. (laughs) Um, So we could have like uh, artisan's kit um, as one of these things and then Mm. include like what items would be in that. So like we can say like, you know, Brush, paints, canvas. Makeup set, instrument. Mm. Well, it'll be the stuff you need to do your art would be, because that's going to be very different depending on whether you're a painter or whether you're a poet, whether so you're a dancer. in that case, what I think we can do is we can say, like, four, four uh, items of rarity, I don't know, six or lower, that relate to your art, essentially. Yeah. I mean, the, the suggested starting outfits has an artisan an artisan line on it but yeah 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 i might remove the yumi from the artisan and replace it with like a kisaru type or something oh it's a weapon yeah just the standard wakazashi yeah i would i would still give them a knife because every artist i've ever known has had a knife on their person most of the time yeah Uh, yeah. um and that's nice because it gets across that you know a knife is a tool um one of the one of the most underrated things about knives, uh, they're not just a great uh, option for iajutsu. They're also, you know, a handy way to, to make breakfast. <laughs> yeah, they have. Oh no, we haven't even discussed Kakita artisans who are cooks. But this works for it. It can because that's your just selected art. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that pretty much gives us a curriculum. So I'll finish filling in the specific details um, of like what school, pretty much all we've got at this point is just like what skills pop up at what ranks. I'll fill that in a thematic way, shoot that over, and then you can change any of the ones you want because yes, the great thing about this setup. Thank you so much. That's awesome. But yeah, that's, that's a school. So uh, I know that there was interest in the Saruchi Archer. Obviously, we don't have time to go through that, but... Mm. I will say that if I was going to make a Saruchi Archer, I would uh, probably take the uh, Student of the Talon from uh, Path of Waves mm-hmm. um, and make some fairly modest modifications, like shifting the focus to be purely on martial arts range and maybe throwing in a little bit of like social or trade skills to help boost up the bounty hunting aspect. Yeah. But like, yeah. you could pretty much just take that character and run them as a Saruchi Archer using, you know, mm-hmm. a, an appropriate uh, sort of like homebrewed clan and it would be mm-hmm. i think you'd be pretty much there awesome it, it may possibly be slightly different rings maybe that haven't but stuff yeah little fiddly fiddly changes yeah yeah exactly shift the rings if you want etc sounds great this has been so fun thank you mm, so much for especially great. for indulging my uh desire for magic artisans because i like magic artisans darn it <laughs> they're, they're uh, a lot of fun yeah. It's very Legend of the Five Rings to to take something and then to like elevate it to be just a little bit magical. Mm. Well, this has been uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so 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 much for for being on and ask, answering questions and running us through the process. And I hope this has been. I, I'm sure this is going to be really really useful for people who have been trying to work out how best to use this. 
We will definitely spread it around, spread the sheet. If you give it to us, we'll make sure that everyone gets to see it. And if they want to integrate it, then they can in their schools too. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of sheets, make sure that you check out the Fantasy Flight Games website. You can download the Path of Waves um, school building worksheet and, I mean, share your ideas with the community. Like, there's no reason to keep your schools a secret. Absolutely. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. Fantastic. Thank you again, Katrina and Max. Uh, And uh, I think that's it for us this week. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. This was a blast. Great to be here. If you have any other ideas that you're just dying to share, uh, maybe next time another book rolls around. Um, that <laughs> I'm would sure be we'll fantastic. have more to talk about. Yeah. You can talk some spirit realms or something. Aye, that could be. <laughs> yep. As is, that's for us. This is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Kova. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.